Welcome back to Red Pill Examine, where I look at and debunk Red Pill talking points and expose Red Pill content creators as hypocrites, liars, and scammers. And today, I'll be debunking the infamous 50% divorce rate that's oftentimes quoted by the manosphere as well as the mainstream media. Now, the 50% divorce rate was never an official stat, but rather a projection based on the rising divorce rates of the 1970s by way of feminism and no-fault divorce laws that researchers thought would continue to increase over the coming decades. This projection was then accepted as fact as Michael Medved points in his book Hollywood vs. America when the number of divorces in 1981 hit an all-time record of 1.2 million, while marriages that year totaled 2.4 million. And so commentators who didn't know how stats worked jumped to the conclusion that 50% of marriages ended in divorce, which is a flawed calculation because on any given year, the people getting married aren't the same people getting divorced. Another way of looking at it is if the number of deaths in any particular year was half of the births, would that then mean that people had a 50% chance of dying? Of course not. And this is why the method preferred by social scientists in determining the divorce rate is to take the people who have ever married and see how many of those people subsequently divorced. And according to the Census Bureau 2021 press release, measured that way, among ever married adults 20 years and over, 34% of women and 33% of men had ever been divorced, which is a far cry from the often quoted 50%. Furthermore, the percentage ever divorced was highest about 43% for adults of both sexes ages 55 to 64. In fact, no matter what survey or what study we go to, there are simply no statistics in recorded history that prove this alleged 50% divorce rate. Which is why Rose Creter, a demographer in the Fertility and Family Statistics branch of the Census Bureau is on record stating, at this point, unless there's some kind of turnaround, I wouldn't expect any cohort to reach 50% since none already has. The Census Bureau's 2009 survey also found that more than 7 out of 10 people 72% to be exact, who had ever married, were still married to their first spouse. And so not only do the stats tell us that the real divorce rate is far lower than the 50% we've been led to believe, but the experts also testify that it's never reached anywhere close to that. The truth is that the 50% statistic, which was only a projection based on the rising divorce rates of the 1970s, ended up never substantiating itself as divorce rates began declining by the 1980s and continue to do so today. But even the 33%, which is the real divorce rate, is still relatively meaningless because it lacks context. In other words, that 33% consists of high school dropouts, strippers, professional athletes and entertainers, massage therapists, feminists, large age gap marriages, swingers, and many other people whose marriages never stood a chance because going into it, they already had so many variables and factors trending in the wrong direction. Like education, for example, where according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, over half of marriages of those who did not complete high school ended in divorce, compared with approximately 30% of marriages of college graduates. The same also holds true for alcohol, where according to a 2014 study of more than 17,000 participants, 48.3% of the participants with an alcohol use disorder at some point during their lives experienced a divorce compared to 30.1% of those with no history of alcohol use disorder. Dr. Brad Wilcox, director of the National Marriage Project, states that faith also plays a major role 
as active conservative Protestants who attend church regularly are 35% less likely to divorce than those who have no religious preferences. Other factors and variables to consider include sexual history, household income, career choice, and many others. And so given some of this data, is it any surprise that bartending, for example, is the occupation with the second highest divorce rate? Well, of course not, because bartenders are less likely to have gone to college, more likely to have alcohol and substance abuse issues, less likely to attend church of any kind, and on average have far more sexual partners than the general population. And so given some of these variables, it becomes easy to see why bartenders have such a high divorce rate. What is the real This is why best-selling author and Harvard University graduate Shanti Felton states in her 2013 book The Good News About Marriage that the divorce rate for people in lower risk categories, that is people who check off all the right boxes, could easily be 5 to 10 percent. But again, these are the things that the mainstream media will never bring up when speaking about the divorce rate. Instead, they'll continue to cover celebrity divorces in the hopes that people will see them and blindly accept that divorce is somehow commonplace. What isn't taken into account, however, is that the reason for the divorce rate being so high in the media slash entertainment industry is because celebrities, just like bartenders, don't have careers or live lives that are conducive to maintaining healthy relationships. And because the mainstream agenda is the destruction of the nuclear family, all of that is ignored and marriage, which is the foundation of the family unit, is attacked through empty numbers void of any context. But what about these red pill content creators? What's in it for them? Well, one factor is money, as the red pill space is big business and always has been. And so to give young men correct information, along with practical and real solutions, would be akin to the pharmaceutical industry releasing cures for diseases thought to have been incurable. In other words, it'd be cutting off their very own incel generating money supply. What's also a reoccurring Current theme in the red pill space is the lack of personal accountability as most of these men fail to look at themselves in the mirror and accept the fact that they're in a minority and that their failure as husbands and fathers by way of divorce isn't the norm and that the vast majority of married men will never find themselves in court for divorce, custody, and child support. But because misery loves company and because the red pill space is an echo chamber of male trauma bonding, what a lot of these divorced red pill men do is continue to perpetuate this 50% divorce rate in the hopes that their followers will become just as hopeless and as bitter as they are. And in doing so, forget that men, generally speaking, don't want to live these lives with their lifelong bachelors having a bunch of sterile and meaningless sex that leaves them just as empty as they were before. Because what men desire and yearn for is meaning, not only in the work they do, but also in the relationships they have. And marriage, along with children, through God, gives men a greater sense of purpose, intimacy, and fulfillment that no other relationship or work could ever bring. And the good news is that contrary to popular belief, the vast majority of marriages in the United States last, especially for those who choose wisely and have good relationship skills. It's not some blind roll of the dice or a crapshoot like so many red pill content creators would have their followers believe. What it is, is a deliberate choice, 
that when made wisely is fulfilling and will leave a long and lasting impact on future generations to come. And there you have it, people. There you have it. People would like to lie to you and say that, uh, you know, uh, marriage is a scam and, you know, all this nonsense about, uh, you know, um, don't have the courts when you get married. A lot of stupid crap. And the reality is, is that men as well as women made poor choices and mates. But for the men, when it comes to the red pill, I'm focusing on them. They refuse to acknowledge that their failure in holding the marriage together. Okay. Okay. I understand you cheated on her, but you chose her. That's the thing. Just like I would say to a woman, he cheated on me. You still chose that man. Okay. And other factors too. That many don't want to acknowledge substance abuse, drugs, and feminism, or a man's belief that he doesn't have to be accountable for his actions, which is something that's really pushed in the red pill, which makes it no better than feminism. And then wonder when people ask them, how is that mentality helping men and women um, form a bridge together? It doesn't. They get defensive. They get want to call you a simp. They want to say you sound like a woman. And you really have no solutions but to embrace heathenism until your death. That's all I have to say. Later. <laughs>